the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is brought to you by Christy Stratton, accredited divorce coach. So many people are affected by divorce at some point in their lives. It can be a lonely and challenging time of life, but it doesn't have to be. Whether you or a loved one is considering divorce, going through it, or coming out of it, the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton is here to be your go-to educational, informational, and inspirational resource for those touched by divorce. Christy has been there, and now she's here to walk the path with you as a certified divorce coach and as your thinking partner. Her guest will bring you important insight and information, helping you make better decisions through and beyond the process, inspiring you to be your best self for you and your family, all giving you hope and reassurance that you'll be okay. The Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton starts now. And here's your host, Christy Stratton. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the Divorce Coaching Hour. If this is the first time you are joining us, a special welcome to you. And if you are back again with us this week, welcome back. Folks, each week, I like to make sure to remind you that this show is for those considering divorce in the midst of it, coming out of it, and also for friends and family of those divorcing because it can be an overwhelming life event for everyone involved in the process and the situation. And I also like to remind you that we're not here to coach you to get a divorce or give you legal advice. What we are here to do is to walk the path with you no matter where it may lead. My guests and I are here to help you make better decisions in this time and beyond to provide you information and resources, to give you ideas about how to be your best self in a time that can bring out your worst, and to give you hope. Folks, it's back to school time. And you know what? We could not miss the opportunity to discuss this time of year with an eye towards divorce. Ultimately, what we are going to be talking about is the transition uh, that kids go through Uh, Not only during this time, going back to school, coming off the playground and the swimming pools and the fun time, right? And they think that they're not going to have any more fun because they got to go back to school. But actually, a lot of people like that. So that's a transition, but also in the midst of divorce and going what we might hear to mom's house and dad's house, because it can be a really tedious time. And as we just were talking about this show, we want to give people hope and we want to give people hope in this time, in all the seasons that we find ourselves going through. And so what is the thing that we're talking about mom's house and dad's house? It's real estate. It's the house, right? And so we're going to be also talking about the real estate component and the decisions that you have to make. And so there's so much that has to be considered and to do so. Our good friends, Amber and Scotty Gifford, are back with us. Welcome back. Thank you for having us. I'm glad you guys are here. Yeah, great to be here again. Yeah, (laughs) and you guys were just here, and we were talking about your personal experience of a blended family. Yes. And now you're kind of coming in and donning another so-called hat. 
<laughs> or your professional hat. Uh, folks, they're really not wearing hats, but uh, I can see it. No. <laughs> Uh, Amber and Scotty are uh, divorce specialists in real estate, so real estate divorce specialists. And you might not really know why would somebody uh, specialize in um, in divorce real estate, and we're going to find that out. So I guess, you know what, let's start with that question. Why would you specialize in real estate? So you're, you're, you're real estate agents, right? Correct. Why would you specialize in divorce? Well, it's a personal matter for both of us. We both come from having divorces as well. In my childhood, I went through seven of them to young adulthood. And when I got into real estate, I just had a clear path that that was what I was supposed to do, that I wanted to help people. I love real estate. And I wanted to use my knowledge that I learned the good and the bad all the way through my divorce to help other people. Yeah. You knew how challenging it was. Um, and then add on the component of real estate. Right. You don't know what it. you don't know. Right. Yeah. And exactly. I didn't know. And you didn't know. <laughs> I didn't. And with you not knowing, you can imagine that other people don't know. For and sure. So, and it's uh, scary. It is scary. And I think we find a lot of people, and I've said this before, is uh, the people in the divorce profession, helping people through that, it's oftentimes they've been through a divorce and they want to go help people do that. How about you, Scotty? Yeah, exactly. You know, there was a lot of fear that I had to face when I was going through a divorce about where was I going to live? What was I going to do? Right. What will, all those questions that everyone I'm sure runs through is, you know, what are we doing with the house? You know, are you keeping it? Am I keeping it? What are the, where are the kids going to stay? And so all those questions, like that's what me and Amber have passion about is wanting to help people walk down that path, be able to help answer those questions and get them connected to the right people as right, well. Right, right. And, you know, you might think, well, isn't that what an attorney does? Mm. Well, an attorney can only do so much. True. And so we, what we talk a lot about is that team and that team who can help you. And those questions, like you're saying, Scotty, is what am I going to do with the house? What about the kids? And so that brings us to what about the kids and back to school. And so what we're talking about is transitions um, the transitions that are in divorce, as they happen. But as we go back to school, going to mom's house and dad's house in the mm-hmm. midst of divorce and, oh, wow, right? Yeah. Who's taking me? Who are we going to? And it depends on your stage of divorce, too. For me personally, we were in the throes in the very beginning, still living under one roof. So there's decisions to be made then, just as there is when you're divided under two roofs. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about those decisions. But when we're talking about transitioning, I want to kind of just lay the groundwork right now. Like, what are we exactly talking about transitions? And Amber, you just alluded to that, or maybe you said it specifically, uh, (laughs) is who's going to take me where type Mm -hmm. of thing. And so can you help us and the listeners, maybe somebody is just stepping into divorce and they're like, okay, what are you talking about with regards to transitions? So when we're talking about transitions, my experience is when I was a stepmother, it's the changing of the house, right? Mm -hmm. It sounds pretty simple, but is it a standard possession to where it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or every Thursday or every other Thursday or week on or week off? I know we changed in between that. What do you guys, how would you define transition in the midst of divorce? I think it's exactly that, defining what you want with your children and what would work best for them. I was thrown several options um, of choices an attorney will tell you, and I knew it was not going to work for my kids, the going back and forth. So I knew that I wanted to stay close to their friends and I wanted to stay close to their father. 
Um, I thought it was important since their whole world's turning upside down. At least I could have some continuity with friendships, the same neighborhood, try to be in the same schools if it meant that. So that's what I was leaning towards. And so for our transition, it was best to just do what the standard possession order was so I could prepare them and they understood like, oh, hey, it's Thursday. You're going to go to your dad's. He's going to pick you up after school from our house and then go to his house. (laughs) And then he brings you back. Yeah, a lot of coordination. But I heard you use the word continuity. And Mm -hmm. so you you wanted that continuity. But before that, another another word that you used was, in fact, well, you didn't. But what you did is what I'm hearing and what I talk a lot about is getting clear on what was going to work for you. And so what we're talking about is this transition of the kids very simply. Well, it's not very simple, but as we're talking about just the meaning so everybody understands it, is the kids going back and forth from mom's house to dad's house when a family divorces. So how about you, Scotty? What how would you help someone understand this transition and maybe share a little bit about your experience? Yeah, so I think it's something I didn't, to be honest, didn't think a lot about at the beginning. I thought, okay, you know. Um, our divorce was very amicable, you could say, at the beginning, and we kind of had it all laid out. And we thought, you know, at the time I was working shift work, which I know probably a lot of people do that, you know, work weird hours. And so we had always had a weird kind of schedule with the kids, and I had always spent a bunch of time with them when I wasn't at home. Or, I'm sorry, when I wasn't at work, I was at home with them, and I spent a lot of that time with them. So that was important that I keep that time with them. That was the most important thing walking in through my divorces. I wanted that still the same amount of time. And so what we did was um, we ended up just settling for the first, third, fifth, you know, every Thursday kind of schedule. But we didn't, you know, that was just our fallback, right? And so until we started fighting, it was, you know, we just kind of worked it out as per week we went. And, you know, the kids were aware of the schedule because it had always kind of been the same. And so there wasn't a big transition at the beginning for them while we were not fighting. But then that's where I found out and found that I was unprotected because I didn't spend too much time thinking about that. And that's where the problems arose. You didn't get clear. I didn't get clear because I just assumed, right? Right. I assumed well, that we you were going to. <laughs> exactly. I know exactly. And we don't want any part of assuming no. in a divorce. And so that's why we're bringing this about. And folks, you might hear us even struggle a little bit of trying to define transitions because they're all different. You mm-hmm. know, we've already talked about a whole bunch of different situations, the standard possession, first, third, and fifth, week on, week off. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in the midst of divorce, it's it's challenging. But the reason we want to we want to do this and where I want to take us is we I want to kind of move us to the eyes of the child, like step into the role of the child. Um, okay, their family is already breaking up. Now they're having to spend um, time at mom's house and dad's house, right? Sure. Um What's going on with them? Can you share maybe some of your experiences that you experienced with your kids through their eyes of when you guys were fighting, Scotty, yeah. what was going on with the kids? Yeah, what the did kids didn't really understand what was going on at first, even though we set them down. I mean, I I'm, I'm still remember to this day the conversation I had with my, I guess he was seven years old at the time, uh, my older son. And we told him what we were you know, going to happen, that mom and dad were going to be getting a divorce, right? And he just kind of shrugged his shoulders. He didn't really understand what that meant. Um, and my youngest one was, you know, five. He That was no concept, you know, didn't really, yeah. it just went over his head too. Right. So he didn't really get that either. So I think we had to show them, you know, what, what that meant. And that meant like, a, you know, taking him, I took the kids out to look at different places with me till they understood that I was going to be living in a different house and mm. they were going to be coming over to visit me at that time. So I think that was really kind of showing them slowly, like, what the the plan was in place so they could actually quite understand um, 
what yeah, that meant, right? what that meant. So I like that, that you were trying to show them. First, they didn't understand when you just told them words. Mm-hmm. You brought them into the process. And folks, what we're talking about here today is first, top level, the transition of kids in divorce, the family together, the family apart. But then really where we're going is we're going to be talking about mom's house and dad's house and the considerations that you have to uh, think through. You can't just assume, like Scotty was sharing, you can't just assume um, that the time you're going to have is going to be exactly the time that you're going to have. But more so, and that's why Scotty and Amber are here today, uh, to talk about even the house and all the considerations that go into deciding um, if I'm going to keep the house, if I'm not going to keep the house, because we have to also think about the transitions kids go through. And also in what? Time? Back to school, school. time. And so um, that is it can really have an effect on kids. Would you agree? Yeah. 100%. And yeah. it depends on where you are at. Like for us, it was contentious from the beginning. I was living in a different bedroom in the house. So even though they might know, they don't really understand. Right. And important to include your team of people in this, including your children's teachers, to let them know what's going on in their lives because they need to know as well. Oh, very Mm -hmm. good point. For you and for your children. I mean, you're on joint emails about your kids every day. Yeah. (laughs) Especially the first day of school. (laughs) Well, at the beginning of the show, the intro, I I say I like to remind people that this is not only for the the spouses divorcing, um, but everyone involved. And folks, that's what we're going to be talking about in the second segment. We're actually going to come in and talk about the real estate that is a part of the consideration in this transition of the family divorcing but also we're going to talk about back to school so no come on back it's that time of the year back to school when you're selling your home you want to wow people when they see it or if you're not selling and want to enhance your enjoyment of the home consider simple elegance the team at simple elegance led by mary scally are masters at staging homes for sale or helping you design your interior for maximum impact Do what new home builders do. Call the staging masters, Simple Elegance, at 877-458-8254 and simpleelegancetx.com. In divorce, real estate is one of the largest assets of the marital estate, and it must be considered carefully. You'll want a specialist in divorce real estate to help you do that. You'll want the Gifford Group to help you uncover the unknowns and make informed decisions throughout the process. The professionals at the Gifford Group will help you get the facts, which will help remove the fear that can run high through the process, and you'll make better decisions. Get the facts and remove the fear. Contact the Gifford Group today at thegiffordgroup.net. There's a lot at stake in a divorce, and you want trusted and specialized counsel. Houston attorney Craig Haston is board certified by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization and has more than 25 years of legal experience. And experience is everything. Craig will help you make the best choices for your family and your future. When divorce seems to be your next step, contact one of the most recognized attorneys in Texas, Craig Haston. To schedule a consultation, call 281-890-1300 or go to HastonLaw.com. Achieving the best outcome in divorce can be extremely tough when alcohol abuse is part of the process, especially around co-parenting. But there's help with remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to prove their sobriety. 
Soberlink uses real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection to ensure accurate and reliable results. With Soberlink, you can be confident that your kids are with a sober parent. For an exclusive $50 off your device and to download a Technologies to Help with Divorce resource guide that I developed with Soberlink, visit Soberlink.com backslash DCH. If you've gone through or are going through divorce, you know it can leave you in a dark financial hole, feeling very confused and afraid. But there's hope. Her Sherman is a financial coach and works with those navigating the financial decisions of divorce. Whether it's eliminating debt or creating your financial wellness, you want Hirsch on your team. Hirsch's easy process helps you see the reality of your financial situation and make better decisions. Stop the suffering and get out of that financial black hole. Contact Hirsch today. Go to lifecycle.financial. That's lifecycle.financial. You'll be so grateful you did. And folks, you're back with the Divorce Coaching Hour. And what we're talking about today is, well, we're kind of on the the back to school bandwagon. Is that like a bandwagon? What is it? Is that a thing? (laughs) Right. Every I figure, you know, I, I typically like to not join everyone in things, I'm a little bit more one of my strengths. Strengths Finder 2.0 is individuality, <laughs> right? Uh, but in this point, in this time, I thought it would be so helpful to people who have children amid divorce talk about uh, back to school in the middle of divorce mm-hmm. and all the considerations that need to go into it. And we're starting with folks, uh, real estate and Amber and Scotty Gifford are here with us again. Uh, last time, last week they were here with us and they talked about their personal journey through a blended family. So they've got firsthand experience with this mm-hmm. back to school, going through a divorce, getting everything settled with a blended family. But then we're also going to move on to the, um, the legal side of it next week with Craig Haston. He'll be here talking to us about legal considerations today, real estate considerations, next time legal considerations, then psychological considerations. The third week, Tom Stevens will be here with us, a wonderful friend of the show. And I love what he talks about. He talks about um, his practice is he advocates for the children and their families. He focuses in on the kids first, hearing what they need and what they want, being their advocate. Um, And so I really love that. He always has a great word to share. And then we're going to wrap it up by actually looking at the environment within the real estate. So the rooms and how to make your kids feel like they've got their own space. And so it's going to be a month of back to school. And so, but we got to start with the house because guess what happens in divorce? Mom's house, dad's house. Oftentimes it's different houses, right? Now there's a whole bunch of different scenarios. We were even talking about the transitions of even, you know, time with the kids, first, third, and fifth, uh, week on, week off, uh, every Thursday, all these, all these different, um, schedules. And then, so then the kids are having to get on these schedules and they're not just normal. And, but this mom's house, dad's house, going from mom's house to dad's house, And I would guess in going through divorce, we have a lot of what I'm calling have tos Mm -hmm. with regards to that mom's house, dad's house, don't we? Yeah. (laughs) So so, uh, I would say the first have to, which is going to be consideration depending on your divorce decree is which county are you, are you, are you staying in the school district, right? Do you want to stay in the school district? Do you want to, are you trying to stay 
as close as possible, right? Or do you have to stay close as possible? Right. Is there something in the divorce decree? And and let's take a step back. So that's we're we're talking about the divorce decree. These are all things I want you folks who are listening to really understand. What we're going to be talking about here, these are all the things you need to be thinking about as you are negotiating the divorce process. Mm-hmm. Even before you step, be thinking about this. If you're just considering divorce, obviously, if you're considering divorce, we want you to go get help with a, a marriage and family therapist and go back and try to save your marriage first and foremost. But if you're considering it and you're you've, you're now meeting with an attorney, these are things you need to consider in the negotiation, absolutely, is it going to be written in that you have to live in the same county? So great start there, Scotty. What else? Um, so also, so can you afford another place by your own by yourself? Right. So mm-hmm. that's, gonna, that's the money issue is going to come up pretty quickly because you have to decide who's going to keep the house. If one of you, are you going to sell the house? Right. And and then is there any equity in the home? Right. And that's where you guys come in as, mm-hmm. uh, and even before it, but these are again, all these considerations with regards to the house, but this is a have to though, right? A lot of people, we're going to kind of twist the have to a little bit. A lot of people think I have to keep the house. Uh, they do. They want to keep the house because they want to keep everything the same when right. your life is not the same, but, but they think they have to, they think they have to, right. and they're really, really, really tied to this where in fact they really can't. Correct. So talk to us about that consideration. I know one of the things you guys talk about is get the facts, remove the fear. How do you get them to, how do you help them get the facts about um, whether they can keep the house or not? So it's always the first question when they call us, you know, what are we supposed to do with the house? And I want to keep it. They already have a preconceived idea normally of what they want. And then we listen first and foremost, and then we go over, okay, well, who's on the note? Who's on the deed? Are you both? What does this big picture look like? So our jobs come into play where we're actually analyzing their current situation and showing them the bigger picture because not everybody realizes if you're going to buy your spouse out, your mortgage payment's going up. They think, oh, I can afford it with child support. That's not how it works. So we show the big picture long term. Uh, I love I was I was about to go there with you on that uh, long term because long term when we find ourselves in divorce um, and I'm speaking as a divorce coach with the, the, the bigger picture of the entire divorce process. Right. We don't want to just look uh, right here and right now. Correct. We want to look long term beyond. But oftentimes, because we're in our emotional brain, yes. right, uh, we're thinking about, well, my attorney said this and I have to decide this. But what we're not doing is looking five years, 10 years, 20. Can you afford this house, you know, after the children have uh, child support has stopped? Right. Or decrease because you have decrease. multiple kids and then one gets older. Absolutely. It's long term that we're trying to show people the big picture of it and protect their um, credit and their eligibility. So if they do have to start off by renting, which is OK, then maybe you can buy something later. You know, there's so many different facets and scenarios that we could go through, but it's about the big picture, taking the emotional aspect out. We're not emotionally attached. We're neutrally just making decisions and showing them things so they can decide. So we're keeping them informed Unlike, you know, you making a decision based off emotion, which I always say, never make big decisions in 24 hours. You just can't. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> and that's why you need the objective sounding board. So we're right. what we're talking about is, again, mom's house, dad's house, if you're just mm-hmm. joining the show. And we're talking about the considerations that um, or the things that need to be considered, rather, uh, as you're 
going through the divorce process as you're evaluating. And what I'm hearing in this um, uh, is that we've again got to get we've we have to get clear. Yes. Right. We have to clear on get clear on what is what will be. Mm-hmm. And Scotty, you said, um, can I afford the house mm-hmm. as a thing that we must do? Walk us through. Can I afford the house? Yeah. So that's going to come down to, okay, so there's multiple things. Some people just look at the mortgage and they go, oh, that's it. Well, the mortgage usually consists of if you're, if you're doing some escrowing is going to have your taxes and insurance in there too. So those are considerations for the house. And then, so what we, me and Amber do when we walk people through the house, we ask them, okay, have you had any, do you have any past liens other than the mortgage, right? Because maybe, maybe you have a second mortgage. Maybe you have a HELOC. You don't even know about that's open that you don't using, but it's still, you know, have you had any um, mechanical work done? Like, have you had, you know, you had an AC installed and now there's a lien against the house because you couldn't afford it. You financed it. And now if you haven't paid it, it's, you know, on the house. Have you had any roof damage to the house because of, you know, storms, hail, the freeze recently? We had, you know, the freeze here in Houston mm-hmm. and it's Big made one. a lot of damage to a lot of people's property. And so when you're considering, hey, I'm going to buy out this, I'm going to buy out my ex-spouse from the house or we're going to sell it. Well, that needs to be considered into that equation too, because now the house has damage that you know, either have to pay the insurance to get it fixed, or maybe you don't want to make a claim and you got to come up with those, you know, the money outside of that. So I can imagine someone listening out there right now uh, in this phase of um, divorce, the divorce process, and they're like hearing all of these things and going, whoa, I mean, I'm sitting here and my background's real estate and I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. And so I can really see why they would want specialists like you all in the divorce process to help them evaluate their choices. Mm-hmm. And I guess if that's one thing we want people to understand is if we want the health for the child in these the transition of the divorce in the transition from mom and dad's house, there are way more things to consider than just if I'm keeping it or not. Correct. Yeah. yeah and because it's emotionally attached, you have to really step outside yourself and go, like, okay, what's best for them long term as well? It's not the here and now. And using your team of people. Well, and that's consi- that's assuming you get a team. And a lot right. of people have just gone to an attorney in the past and. Uh, they may not understand why to have a real estate professional in there. And so what, again, one of the things I really love to do as a divorce coach is help people look at things eyes wide open. And because you all are specialists in this, uh, you all help them look at all the, um, well, we'll just go ahead and say it. We're talking real estate nooks and crannies (laughs) (laughs) of the real estate property. And Scotty, you, you mentioned things that we might not usually think about, uh, maintenance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maintenance is a big one. Usually, you know, th- there's a great, good rule of thumb is the 1% rule that, you know, if your home's worth $300,000, you're going to spend about $3,000 a year maintaining it, right? I heard you say that on an earlier show before, and I think that's a really good thing to factor in. Um, I, 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 so say that again for us. So people, you know, folks, Get out a pencil, write this down because yeah. this needs to be something that you really consider. Say that again for us. So yeah, I use three hundred thousand dollars as an example. So the average home, I think, in Houston last year, the average sales price was three seventy. So if you said it was three hundred seventy thousand dollars, your home was worth that amount, then you're going to use you need to use the one percent rule, which says I'm going to spend about thirty seven hundred dollars this year maintaining my home. Yeah, and that could be anything from AC to the yard to you know the roof to the water heater. 
Um, anything. Just, yeah. I mean, there's tons of stuff in the house that can break, right? And anything, and those are going to fall back on you now, not... Yeah, and $3,700 is no chump change, right? And and it's not something that we may just have 3700 uh, laying around and oh by the way in the middle of a divorce right so it's something that's definitely important to consider and folks that's what we're talking about is mom's house and dad's house but all the considerations before we even get to the kids going back and forth in the house and when we come back um, we're going to continue talking to Amber and Scotty Gifford about mom's house and dad's house with relation to the house itself to the real estate and the considerations within divorce and we're going to step a little bit more into how this all plays out with back to school so stay tuned here's today's two minute tip we move on to the fourth powerful people practice today did you know that negativity costs businesses three billion dollars each year Check this out. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics has reported that negativity costs businesses $3 billion a year due to its harmful effects. That's a lot of money and a lot of negativity. So how does negativity relate to divorce? Let's take the general concept of negativity without the dollar figure associated to it and apply that to divorce. Imagine a person in the midst of divorce who must make a critical decision about whether to keep or sell the house the family owns. Seeing only the negative outcome of not keeping the house, this person decides to keep the house even though there are not enough funds to afford it. Fast forward and this person defaults on the mortgage, which has far-reaching negative effects on the family, including the children, credit and more. The person doesn't have a home now. There's no place for the children to stay. You get the picture. Can you see how exponential the negative effect is? And this is just one example of negative thinking and the adverse effects it can have. Someone who subscribes to powerful people practices wouldn't want to see this happen. And more importantly, they wouldn't want to see the negative effects that this negative thinking has on their family and their future. Instead, they would turn negativity on its head. And that's the fourth powerful people practice. We turn negativity on its head. How do we do that? We must start with our thinking. If our minds are in a negative place, our decisions will be as well. We must seek objective counsel to help us evaluate our thinking. We must look at all options and we must look at how they will affect the future near and far with eyes wide open. It also means looking for the positive and making choices and taking actions that positively affect our families and our futures. There are tons of ways we can turn negativity on its head. These are only a few. What ideas can you come up with? I'd love to know what you come up with. So let me know. Email me at christy at christystratton.com. And also, please keep listening each week for another two-minute tip, all to support you or someone you know who is facing or moving through divorce. And please share this episode with those who will benefit. We're back in a back to school series, of course. It's August and it is that time of year when uh, people, kids, little people go, well, Mm -hmm. and I guess big people too and teachers and everyone, (laughs) they go back to school and, and we're here with Amber and Scotty Gifford and we're talking to them again this week um, in their professional capacity as specialists in real estate, because ultimately when we go through divorce, uh, there is going to be uh, oftentimes the largest asset of the marital estate is the house. And when we're thinking about uh, the house, there oftentimes ends up being now two houses, mom's house and dad's house. 
And what we're wanting to talk about is ultimately what we can do here and now in our thinking, in our eyes wide open, in our evaluations, in our considerations as we're going through to the divorce process to set up the right environment for children as as you move to these two houses, but also as we think even about back to school, because think about our kids. They're, they're, they're already in two different houses, right? And now let's throw in school. I've got to keep up with my homework and I, oh, my homework's at dad's house and mm-hmm. I'm going to go Which to mom's bus? house and my, my uniform is over here. And so I just have really a heart for kids. I, I've been there. I saw my kids go through that transition, not my kids, my stepkids. Uh, and so I really wanted to talk about this, but we're doing so by starting off talking about real estate. And what we've been talking about is these what we're calling these have twos in our mind, meaning though the the preconceived notions, the perspective, the closed perspectives that we have. I have to have my house like this. And Scotty, uh, we were talking at break about the have to that you had in your mind as you went through divorce. Will you share a little bit about that with us? Sure. Yeah. So I I thought I had to have a big house for my kids to love me. Really, I thought I, th- I thought if I didn't have this big house. They wouldn't want to come over. They wouldn't want to see me. They wouldn't have fun, right? Mm. So I was really big on the emotional part of it, thinking that, you know, that was, I was trapped in this, this, and I, you know, I looked at that. I actually went and got pre-approved for this big mortgage and I, you know, thinking, okay, I'm going to get this big house. But then, you know, something came and slapped me and said, that's not a smart decision. Okay. So what slapped you? (laughs) Well, so I actually went in and I went in, you know, uh, I put an offer on a house and then I found out there was some foundation issues with the house. And so that, um, another scary thing about real estate sometimes is we don't know. I didn't know about foundations at that point in my career. Yeah, you don't know what's behind the walls. Yeah. There was one of those those scary things I didn't know. I wasn't uninformed. I didn't know about it. I didn't know what it was going to cost. And so... I saw that as a wake-up sign that I wasn't making a, fi- a smart financial decision moving forward because there was going to be more problems. Right? I was already at the top of my budget, and then before I even walked in the door, I had to start fixing other things, right? Before you know, And it was going to be with a pool, and I never had a pool before. It was all these other things that I was just trying to do based on this emotional, this hole I was trying to feel, right? Because right. I wanted the kids to be um, not feel like they're missing out on something, right? I wanted to give them even more than they had. You know, I wanted to feel this void that I thought they were going to have, right? Because I was trying to see it from their side. Right, yeah. And so, man, I can, I'm just thinking about the listeners out there who didn't have that kind of slap upside the head type of thing. So thank you, God, for opening those eyes. Absolutely. And, and so um, some people may not have that. And then I think about, what if you had gone through with getting that big house? What would life have been like? And even in the midst of back to school? I mean, it would definitely would have been more stressful on me financially. And then I would have been more, since I was more financially stressed, I probably would have spent less time with the kids, which I think was very important during that time of transitioning. I end up renting, you know, which was a, a humbling experience. I hadn't, I had been a homeowner for uh, 10 years then, right? I haven't rented since I was back in college, right? What, right. Here I am taking, you know, uh, you know, a 30 year old, something with two kids, like my divorce, my marriage fell apart. I'm getting a divorce and now I'm having to rent a place. Right. I was very humbling experience for me, but at the end of that, I felt that this is what needed to happen. Right. I needed to take a step back at that pride. I needed need to have that. Right. I needed to yeah. actually step back and say, what is a smart financial decision moving forward for the next 
five, ten, 10 years, right? Yeah. So even though it was, I knew at some point I would buy again, I knew that was the right step at the, at the moment, right? Be, to remove some of that financial stress of that equation, right? Because you had all the emotional stress going on already. So where can we remove some of the stress financially is a big one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I, I, I got to say, uh, thank goodness mm-hmm. that uh, you had that eye-opening experience because it, it's interesting. You said you would have more stress yes. if you hadn't. And I think about um, stories I've heard where people are so, they're like, ah, it's got to be this way. We're talking about the have-tos. It's got to be this way. Mm-hmm. And and there was a story back a couple of years ago, a uh, guest shared with me that, um, and I might might have shared it with you guys before, but uh, this particular person was so determined, so closed-minded about his perspective, had to have the house, uh, had to have the dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Had to have it a certain way, did not look outside themselves, mm-hmm. as Amber, you had said, didn't look outside that, uh, didn't step outside that emotion and got it all. But six months later, house is being foreclosed on, mm-hmm. having to give away the dogs. I mean, mm-hmm. now the dogs, that's bad. But think about, I and I don't know if this person had children or not, but think about the children, house foreclosed on. Mm-hmm. And it was all because... I, I'm, I'm not thinking through this properly. And so it might've, I guess, I guess I'll ask you that. Was it kind of scary, Scotty, when you, when that humbling experience, you're like, okay, I got to be real here. Yeah. Speaking the truth is scary at first, always, right? No matter what, if you've been doing any self-denial or denying to the world, like what you, what's really going on, it's when you can really be open and honest about your problems, right? To the world. And that's, we, you know, I was listening to something the other day. It was really, I just struck me was like, humans are really bad at thinking about problems unless they're talking about them. Mm. Like, interesting. Yeah. You, we, we we can think in our head and sometimes people take years to talking to someone out loud before they can actually understand themselves. Well, that fear of, as you were saying, I mean, you said it right there. If I don't have a big house, they won't love me. And so, it's untying that thinking. It's getting that out there. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it was scary for you to speak that truth, but would you do it again? Would I? Speak sp- that truth. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Absolutely. That's the, the, the only way to do it. I mean, it, you have to uh, speak the truth and you have to realize where you are financially. You have to realize what you think is important isn't really all that important sometimes because you're it's about keeping up with the joneses right or right sh- or you know having that big house is going to somehow make you happy it's not like, it's not it's the things that are inside that house that are important mm-hmm. and folks you're hearing it right here not only from um someone who is a specialist in real estate and in divorce but a man who's gone through this and that that thinking there's you know nobody's judging you nobody's faulting you uh, probably you're, you're, you're your worst enemy in mm-hmm. this situation, but that thinking and Scotty's just honest, honest about it. He, he, but I had to have the big house to, for them to love me. Well, when life showed up and he saw the reality, he got the facts, mm-hmm. right? Even though it was a little bit scary to hear the truth, he was able to make better decisions. And that's really folks, that's what we're talking about 
in real estate, in divorce, what we want you to do is give consideration to this house. And there's a lot more to it than you think. And so, uh, Amber, I know you have a scenario in what were the have to's in your mind about the house and how did that play out? I mean, I think the fears are still the same, but it was different. Mine was more, and I love the word humbling because it was very humbling. I couldn't have, so I could buy a house, but I couldn't buy as extravagant or as big or as beautiful. And what? My kids have to share a bathroom? Like, you know, you're just used to a certain lifestyle. And then I think for me, I had to go backwards. And, you know, even though I was jumping in and I was able to afford, I did have the facts of known long-term, okay, I can afford this. Even though I haven't worked in 12 years, I have a job, but like, what does that picture look like now? You're going to buy a new house. Okay. You can't afford the same. So it's a different scenario with still fears in it as well. And mine was like, I had to just let go of certain things that were materialistic and it's humbling. And like, I didn't have as nice of a this or that. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It was the best experience ever for my girls to share a bathroom. Like, who cares? But at the time, you don't see that you because don't you don't see know it. it. You don't know it because we're actually, from a um, a brain science perspective, because divorce is such um, a, a painful situation, we're stuck in the emotion mm-hmm. and that closed-mindedness of being stuck in that emotion. We're oftentimes living in those. It has to be this, this way. way. And what I'm hearing both of you say is there's different percept- perceptions that we mm-hmm. can have, perspectives rather, that you can come around and look at it with open eyes, different things, because what do you know? What did you just say now? It was the best experience yeah. for my daughters. And we can't see it that way, but it's almost like folks force yourself to, but better yet, go get a Scotty and Amber to help you, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll help you see that one bathroom's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of, um, you know, we talk about walking the path with people and this team. We've talked about this team. And uh, it's very important to have specialists in real estate walk the path. Now, my background is in real estate, but uh, I work with folks more about, you know, the overarching process, they're thinking about the the divorce, decision-making through it. But one of the decisions-making, I would always say, is go get somebody who is a specialist in real estate because that's your area of focus. Uh, So if someone wanted to reach out to you, how would they find you? Definitely. They can go to uh, thegifford.group.net or they can call us on our cell phone number. It's yeah, it always does. available to anyone. Well, <laughs> careful with that. Well, <laughs> anyone divorcing? <laughs> the giffordgroup.net. You guys want these folks on your team. I'm so glad they're a part of our team because you need that team walking this path with you. It will help you make better decisions, not only today, but beyond. And folks, when we come back, we're going to get already final thoughts. So stay tuned. Friends, I'm so glad that you're listening to the Divorce Coaching Hour, and there's something I want you to know. I really want you to hear this. I, as a divorce coach and the host of this show, don't advocate for divorce in general. Our goal is to glorify God first and foremost by helping you save your marriage. The fact of the matter is that there are times when a marriage can't be saved. I know. I've been there. And when it can't be saved, we want to walk alongside you through it. We want to help you pick up the fragments, put the pieces together, and help you stand strong and walk through divorce courageously. 
and I want to share something with you that may help. I'm on another show here on KKHT. I'm honored to be the wingman on Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendela, where each week Richard and I talk about the intersection of our faith and the secular world, and together with interesting guests, we shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for Courageous Christianity. It's my belief that Courageous Christianity with Richard Mindelow can be another resource that you can turn to as you walk through this path of significant change in your life. So please join us. You can catch the show on this station, 100.7 FM KKHT, at 12 p.m. noon Central Time, Saturdays, and online at kkht.com as well. Hey, grab your lunch and join us for both shows back-to-back, 12 p.m. noon for Courageous Christianity and 1 p.m. for the Divorce Coaching Hour. You can also find all shows under podcasts, under the Programs tab on KKHT.com. Richard and I hope you'll listen in. As always, if you want to reach me, you can find me at thedivorcecoachinghour.com or call me at 281-944-8043. We are grateful for you joining us each week and for your support. Welcome back, friends. We're already at the fourth segment. Uh, Just hard to believe it always goes so Quickly, I know you guys are waiting to hear what's up next here. <laughs> of course, we are too. Uh, no, we um, we're talking about real estate in the midst of divorce. Taking the opportunity to talk about it in this time of year, which is back to school, because it really does. Uh, mom's house, dad's house, dad's house affects the children, and we need to think about how this change not only divorce but the house. Uh, and how that's going to affect children. Of course, to do that, we have Amber and Scotty Gifford here. They are specialists in real estate divorce. And one of the things uh, we we found out how to find them earlier uh, in the end of the segment, uh, third segment, at thegiffordgroup.net. But they also have a really cool resource for you. So tell us about that. Who wants to tell us about that? Uh, yeah, you can. So it's a free uh, downloadable resource for you that uh, we've, me and Amber spent a bunch of time putting together just to help answer some of those questions that you might be having and some things to think about too. So you can get that at mydivorcerealestate.com. Mydivorcerealestate.com. And I've seen it. We've shared it before on our uh, social media pages and um, we'll do that again. And it's very, very helpful. And, uh, you know, that's what this show is about, too, is to provide those resources, but also to uh, learn from other people who've, you know, in that transition, in that divorce, separating mom's house, dad's house, you know, how it went well. And so success stories. And Amber, I think you have one to share. (laughs) I do. My personal story was successful, despite it was very contentious between my ex-husband and I. Very. I was living in another bedroom of the same house. My youngest was starting kindergarten, which is a big deal for them and for me. Um, But we tried to um, come together and have that continuity. Like we both always took them first day of school. We walked them into their classroom, said goodbye. We did the same thing. We, nothing changed. No matter how we felt about each other and the situation, we still got up that morning, made them breakfast. We were both there for them. And if, you know, you're separate houses, I think the next year we met at the school. So it was no different the next year as well. You were still their parents. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I'm, I'm going and I may have, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but uh, I said at one point, like successful co-parenting. And my guest who was on the show started laughing 
because (laughs) in the whole nature of co-parenting doesn't sound like there's much success, but I think there's reality in it. I'm still, I'm standing right here and I still think there's, there's successful co-parenting. I mean, there's times. (laughs) So what I'm hearing, you put the kids first. Absolutely. We tried to keep things the same. I mean, their world is turned upside down. But it doesn't mean that they have to feel that way all the time. So you try to keep the same that you can that's there. You're creating a new environment. You're still doing some of the same things, just at two different places. So they're always in the forefront of my brain every time we do any big decision because it's about them. Yet they're always in the forefront. But I have to guess that when we come to the table in which we're negotiating the divorce decree, Mm -hmm. they may not be. No, I think it's definitely overlooked for sure because yeah. people get emotional and they want what they want. But if you have children, I highly encourage you to think about them and you can create the same thing that you have for them in your current home in a home with just you as a single mom or dad. Right. It's not about the walls. It's about who's in it and what you do with them. And, you know, I heard you say earlier, get outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm that's what I'm hearing there is and not to put words in your mouth, but if we were to maybe pull one key to success out of this conversation, would it be put your kids first? I don't think you can really put your kids first until you focus on you first. Cause I don't right. feel like I was ever good for them if I was not in a good space. So I had to step outside of myself and my ego and what it is I think I want And go look at them. Once you can do that, then you are really putting them first, in my opinion. So if I'm hearing correctly, getting clear on you first, Mm -hmm. I love using that word Mm -hmm. clear because I often can't really do anything without being clear. And so you had to get your eyes opened, right? Correct. Clear to be able to see your kids clearly. Am I, is that making sense? Yes. And it's not like you just go, okay, I'm good now. I mean, it took me days sometimes to get clear. Like, let me step aside from the situation and assess it and see where I'm responsible in this and what I can do to make it better. You really have to be emotionally intelligent and aware of what you're doing and the choices you're making long-term. And it's hard to do that on your own. Really very hard. (laughs) And so it's very important to have... The team, the team, the real estate team, the certified divorce financial analyst or someone in that realm, uh, the divorce coach. And coach. you know, what's interesting, a lot of people may think it it, it would cost them more money in the mm-hmm. long run, but what it actually does is it can reduce kind of that excessive, um, maybe even overuse, uh, I don't know if that's the right word, of the attorney to be mm-hmm. everything. And, and what happens right. is you actually are much more knowledgeable. Scotty, you had said before one of the things that you you didn't even know, right? You weren't experienced in real estate at that point. And so you learned through this process, but we've done that now and we can help people uh, open their eyes, get clear about themselves and their decision-making so then they can better help their kids. And that obviously to pull it all around back to school, school, right? Helps that transition a lot. So it's bigger than we can cover in one show, but... Um, as we begin to wrap up, what final thoughts might you have? Anything else that you would want to share with the listeners with regards to divorce, real estate, transitioning, mom's house, dad's house, and back to school? I think I would just want to say that definitely, if you can, take that step back. And just because you want to keep the house doesn't mean 
you don't need a divorce real estate specialist. Just because you think you're amicable doesn't mean you don't need a coach or a counselor. There's always information to be learned. And I also feel it's very important to tell the teachers, like I said, and the people who are in your children's world what's going on in case something's happening with them. And you are all on the same page together in an email together with your ex. So it's not just a need to know basis they uh, th- that they may perceive. Mm-hmm. It's like you really have this responsibility to make everyone who's touching your kids' lives everyone. back to school, doctors, family, friends, that they're going through this big yes. transition. Because if not, I would imagine that the transition back and forth to mom's and dad's house and into school can be even more difficult. Right. You lose continuity. You lose continuity. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. Let's circle <laughs> that back around too, Scotty, <laughs> anything you'd like to share? Yeah. I was going to say that, and I don't know if I said this before, I say it a lot in, in when I'm talking. It's just because I believe it's true is that like, you know, Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. So, and a lot of times we don't know what we don't know. So if we can't respond correctly, if we don't have the right information, so we have to reach out and get help. So sometimes it's fearful because we don't, we don't even want to reach out because we're just afraid we don't even know what to ask, right? So, but that's where we can come in. Everyone can come in together to help not only the kids, but the parents in this, in this situation, right? Because the parents aren't going to know what to do with the kids if they don't know. Yeah, the bottom line is just even if you're wondering (laughs) about getting in touch with someone in this divorce process, a divorce coach, just sit down and learn what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Just start there, ask, and maybe you do know everything, right? But maybe you don't, and maybe there's a better way. And that's really what the show's about. That's what this series is about, is to just help you uh, think through the process, looking again with those eyes wide open. And ultimately, Scotty, you said a great thing. And I I often say this is we want to respond, not react. When we react, we make bad decisions. And, and so that's, you know, when we think about our children in this time, it's hard enough in school. You guys remember mm, being in school? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go back. <laughs> now let's throw in a divorce, mm-hmm. right? And and mom's house and dad's house, and I don't know where my homework is. Think about that. You think it, it was stressful for us going through it, our poor children. And so that's really who's top of mind mm-hmm. in this series as we continue through August back to school learning not only about the considerations in real estate, law, psychology, and then their environment. That's important too. And so we'll be looking at all of these things. I I guess ultimately, if you guys were to ask me, what would be my final thoughts today is, as Amber said, get help, get clear on yourself, get someone who's thinking through this with you. Uh, and think about what your children would need, not only today, but tomorrow, in five years, in 10 years, and may not be so easy, but that's what our goal is here to do, is to help you think through the process. And we're back here each and every week doing so to help you think through it, making better decisions, not only for yourself, not only for your children, uh, for your greater family, your friends, and the future. And so thanks, Scotty and Amber, for being with us again. Thank you for having us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, glad you're here. 
Folks, and we're glad you're here and listening each and every week. You can uh, find us here every Saturday at 1 p.m. And also find us at thedivorcecoachinghour.com. Thank you for listening today. I'm Christy Stratton, and I can't wait to be here with you each and every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word.